When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What you ask of your franchise quarterback, hey, the game's close in the fourth quarter or you're behind, go make throws under pressure into tight spots to win the game. Mac Jones did that. So, you know, people should give him his flowers for this game, especially the people who have been killing this kid relentlessly throughout his career because he doesn't look like Tom Brady. He doesn't do what Tom Brady does. Look, the kid got it done against a really good opponent. You know, I don't care what shape the Bills in are right now. That's the Buffalo Bills. And they're a good team. And Josh Allen is on the other sideline. And Mac Jones outdueled Josh Allen. If this was Tom Brady, people would be pants off talking about how great Tom Brady was. And, yeah. you know, because it's Mac Jones, people, you know, want to poke holes in it. You know, wish there are holes to poke in it. But the bottom line is... The fourth quarter, he was tremendous. He got the job done, two scoring drives, including one when it looked like the Patriots were going to blow the game. They didn't go down and just kick a field goal to go overtime. They won the game with like 12 seconds left. I mean, it was tremendous. It's what we've been waiting for out of Mac Jones. The Greg Bedard Patriots podcast is brought to you by FanDuel, the exclusive wagering partner of the CLNS Media Network. Hey, everybody. We've got a win to talk about today. We also have to talk about Bill Belichick's contract situation since everybody in their mother has been reporting on that the last couple of days. But first, I let you know that this episode is brought to you by FanDuel, the exclusive wagering partner of the CLNS Media Network. Greg, what team did we watch on Sunday, my man? Your main takeaways from that game against the Bills. Yeah, it was a complete 180 for the Patriots, Nick, and I, I'm, I'm really at a loss to explain it. I mean, look, let's start with um, they were really good in all three phases. I mean, they, you know, they really were. They won the game in all three phases, which I can't even remember the last time they did it. I mean, even including special teams. Special teams was great in this game. Um, I thought that the Patriots, I thought the game plans by both Bill O'Brien and Steve Belichick, Gerard Mayo, uh, were tremendous in this game. They definitely gave their their team an advantage. Um, I was especially excited about you know the defensive plan, which was actually to play defense against Josh Allen and the Bills <laughs> for once. Um, after for years, I've been railing against that, and they uh, they actually decided to play defense, and and you know which was you know great to see. And um, you know, look, I don't think it. Let's also acknowledge that the Bills aren't very good right now. They just aren't. They're they're they have a lot of issues on offense. The offensive line isn't very good. I don't know what Ken Dorsey is doing with their passing game. Uh, you see other teams like like uh, the Raiders and Josh McDaniels who know the Patriots well, and they're peppering the middle of the field against the Patriots. Yet the Bills, everything was on the exterior, and and they didn't really do much of anything down the middle of the field, which um, which was confusing to me. They're injury ravaged on defense, which helped things. Uh, so that was part of it. But, you know, let's also acknowledge the Patriots weren't tremendous in this game. I mean, they had, what, 13 points. At, I mean, they were dominating the game, 13 points at halftime, 16 points after three quarters. Um, 
which was basically sort of where they've been all year, sort of like a, you know, in 18, 19, 20 point offense is, is, you know, what they look like if they could cut down on the turnovers, which they didn't have. They almost had a couple of big turnovers in this game. Um, but the most important thing is, and, and, you know, and I think should be the main takeaway and we'll see where this goes. We don't know where it's going to go, but Mac Jones finally had his moment in the fourth quarter. We've been calling for it. I mean, he's been, he's been a good quarterback at times during his career for various you know other circumstances. Um, you know, but he, he, you know, he, he's had opportunities to come away with victories. Sometimes he's done his job. Sometimes he hasn't, but the bottom line is during his career, you know, he only has one fourth quarter comeback, one, one, uh, come from behind victory in the fourth quarter, one game winning drive. And that was the Houston Texans, which doesn't really even count because that team was God awful. Um, you know, but he had his moment. He, he was, uh, he wasn't great for the first three quarters, um, a lot of what the Patriots did on offense was, you know, Bill O'Brien, his scheme, um, which I thought was tremendous in this game, you know, which we'll get into. But you look, the fourth quarter, Mac Jones was dimes. I mean, it, it, was it perfect? No. He had to delay a game penalty. He had the near interception. He, he got strip sacked on a bad play. Um, he missed Demario Douglas, the, the play before Mike Gesicki caught the game winning touchdown. You know, it wasn't perfect, but... You know, what you ask of your franchise quarterback, hey, the game's close in the fourth quarter or you're behind, go make throws under pressure into tight spots to win the game. Mac Jones did that. So, you know, people should give him his flowers for this game, especially the people who have been killing this kid relentlessly throughout his career because he doesn't look like Tom Brady. He doesn't do what Tom Brady does. Look, the kid got it done against a really good opponent. You know, I don't care what shape the Bills in are right now. That's the Buffalo Bills. And they're a good team. And Josh Allen is on the other sideline. And Mac Jones outdueled Josh Allen. If this was Tom Brady, people would be pants off talking about how great Tom Brady was. And, <laughs> you know, because it's Mac Jones, people, you know, want to poke holes in it. You know, which there are holes to poke in it. But the bottom line is... The fourth quarter, he was tremendous. He got the job done, two scoring drives, including one when it looked like the Patriots were going to blow the game. They didn't go down and just kick a field goal to go overtime. They won the game with like 12 seconds left. I mean, it was tremendous. It's what we've been waiting for out of Mac Jones. You know I've countered this idea about the comeback victory thing and the game-winning yes. drive. I think that's fakakta. I think that's such a fugazi thing. And I say that because it's a complete – team sport and and we we rely on breaking down what the team did for the first three and a half quarters but then all of a sudden it's all about the last six minutes and the quarterback it's it's a strange thing to me i don't know why the human brain works the way it does for many but it does i have my mac files as you called them a week or two ago <laughs> i'm not going to get into it you can check out my podcast the nick cattle show uh this is greg's podcast we talk about the game about you know in this pod you can check it out but i'll just say this there are a lot of games in Mac's career as a Patriots quarterback that he has done more than enough to put this team in position to win against good teams in the fourth quarter. And we just forget about those moments because the Patriots end up losing those games. And I'll just say that many of those games, it's not on Mac. It's on the defense. It's on Belichick kicking, you know, a 56 yard field goal that Nick Folk misses by a million miles. It's, you know, punting in overtime against Dallas after your defense gave up. So, I mean, it's just, it's fumbles by running backs inside the 10 twice. So 
there, there's a lot that goes into that. I, I will add this because I found it interesting. And again, it's the Nick Cattle Show podcast if you want to check it out to get the full layout of all, of all that. But I will say that I, I found it interesting, Greg, in the post game. I, I thought Matt kind of hinted towards that at the podium because he was asked a question about this being his first comeback, blah, blah, blah. And, and Mac, and I'm paraphrasing it, but Mac said that he's looked at all of those games. He said, I've looked at all of those games and something along the lines of many things have to go right. And I look at my role that I've played in some of those games and I need to be better. I think Mac's saying what I'm saying, which is, hey, man, I've looked at all those games. We've had a chance. And it isn't always on me, even though that's the narrative. I've actually helped a number of times. So I found that very interesting. I agree with you, most complete game in a long time. Yeah, you know, one follow-up sort of on the, you know, Mac discussion about coming through in the fourth quarter. And and I, you and I are completely on the same page. And I, and I went through this with, you know, Aaron Rodgers when I covered him, where, you know, it took him a while to get over the hump, um, you know, as we've talked about on this podcast. But, you know, in but – you know, you could look at specific games where you're like, Rodgers did this, and then, you know, the defense let up a game-winning drive. Rodgers did his part, then the defense didn't. And, and there's all sorts of stuff like that. But in the it, – it, and it's totally valid, and, and I completely agree with you. I do think, though, however, that there is a significance in actually coming through in a moment like this for a, for a quarterback, especially for his teammates. Like, I just think that – you know, come Wednesday's practice or, you know, maybe they're on the practice field today. I don't know what their schedule is this week because first first like 24 hours after a game, I'm just buried in film and I don't know what's going on. Um, <laughs> they, um, you know, the, his teammates are going to look at him in a different way. I mean, you know, when, when you come through like this in the yeah. waning moments of a game for a win, like – you know, they they might say the right things about Mac Jones and, you know, and, and that they believe him and all that stuff. But like when you when a quarterback actually does it, it changes things. Now, look, they need to go out and, and follow this up in Miami. I mean, it, it doesn't anybody it doesn't do any good if they go out and they get blown out by the Dolphins and they're back to turning the ball over and pick sixes and stuff like that. It's not going to amount to anything. But it was very important for Mac you know, while he might have done his job in the past to come through in a moment like this against a good opponent just for his teammates and their belief in him and the receipt, you know, the receiver, some of them might be like, oh, okay, you know, just a little bit more belief in Mac, especially at the end of games or when Mac says, all right, two minutes, this is what we're going to do because he's done it. Now they believe it a little bit more. Maybe there's a little bit more effort. It's just those little intangible things. This this does make a difference, and you know, you know, we'll see. You know, like like I talked about before, Aaron Rodgers ten and fourteen to start his career. His teammates were questioning him. He was trying to play hero ball. He got called out on the carpet in a team meeting after losing to Tampa, and then the very next week he led his drive against Dallas to come back and beat him. And that changed everything for this team. I'm not saying that's going to happen, but that's the type of thing that can happen when a quarterback comes through like this. Snap into action this NFL season with FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers get $200 in bonus bets guaranteed when you place a $5 bet. That's $200 in bonus bets, win or lose. I love those little suckers, those little bonus bets. It's like free money. If you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time to get in on the action. The app is easy to use. There's a wide range of betting options, including spreads, player props, over-unders, and more. So visit FanDuel.com slash Boston 
and kick off the NFL season. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. 21 plus and present in mass. Hope is here. First online real wager only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued at non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire seven days after receipt. Restrictions apply. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. GamblingHelplineMA.org or call 1-800-327-5050 for 24-7 support. Play it smart from the start. GameSenseMA.com or call 1-800-GAM-1234. All right, let's talk more about the offense from Sunday. Can we all settle down on the Matt Patricia-Bill O'Brien comparisons after what we saw against the Bills? <laughs> yeah, uh, yes, for sure. This was... And, and I, you know, I wish I'll have to make some more calls later in the week, you know, when guys sort of um, decompress from this and are on to the next game. Um, but, you know, let's just deal with the offense right now. This was such a different game plan for the offense than we've seen. I mean, you know, they went from nowheresville on offense. They couldn't do anything. And, you know, look, I don't think a lot of it had to do with the offensive line changes. I think it helped. And maybe that was the catalyst for Bill O'Brien to do a few more things that he felt like they could execute um, things at a higher level. Maybe that maybe that's what it was. It could. That's the easiest answer. And often, uh, you know, the easiest answer is the right one. Uh, but. You know, for them, for Bill O'Brien to come out and use motion as much as he did, uh, RPOs as much as he did, um, you know, he he was able to just scheme up a lot of easy plays for the quarterback, which is something we've been begging for for weeks. Like, you know, when your quarterback's like out of in a funk, like you need the coordinator to go out there and be like, all right, here's a bunch of like easy throws, and that's basically like what the first three quarters were. I mean, I had. In the first three quarters, I had Mac for one plus throw in the game, and that was a third down throw to Demario Douglas over the middle, which was a tremendous throw and tremendous catch for them. I think might have set up a touchdown, um, you know. But I so a lot of their offense that they got going in, in the in the in the first three quarters was on you know Bill O'Brien and scheming it up. He'd bring guys in late motion using Demario Douglas as much as he did, and you know basically it was. The Kendrick Bourne and Demario Douglas show. I mean, hallelujah, thank God. And you know, hopefully that <laughs> continues. And I think you know they just they you know. And I was on TV last night with with Mr. Felger, and you know he's ranting and railing about Belichick's contract and about how you know you you don't want this. Like, is this what you want? Look at their offense. You know, they, he's behind the times. And I'm like, and I'm like, this is a tough week to make this argument because the Patriots actually looked like a modern offense on Sunday for once against the bills. We don't know the reasons for it, but um, yeah, I thought it was a tremendous job by Bill O'Brien. I don't know why it took this long, but look, it's out there. They look like a modern offense. It looked really good. Going back to the off season, we talked about the lack of separation from the receivers and it just makes sense to have born and pop play more than Parker and Juju that should yep. have been the case going back to week one. Now Pop had the concussion and all of that stuff. And there's some Pop issues. I, I posted on uh, X on Sunday a video of when Mac threw it in the back of the offensive line and then yep. got mad at Pop Douglas, which we'll talk about a little bit later about his emotions. But Pop is supposed to sit on that route. Cornerback mm -hmm. outside leverage, zone defense. Pop is supposed to sit. And as Mac, and I actually not only shot the video of it and broke it down, but I also took a, a snapshot a still frame of when Mac is unloading about to unload the football and where he sees Douglas. Mm -hmm. 
and Douglas runs the whip route instead of sitting and Mac sees it, thankfully, because if Mac throws that football to pick six and 75 percent of the people that don't know what they're watching, uh, you know, respectfully will say, oh, there was another Mac. But, you know, pop runs the wrong route in that situation. So there is some of that. You can't throw pop out there to run 60 snaps when he's not doing the correct things, but you also Mm -hmm. do have to live through some of those mistakes, right? There's a balance. So, you know, scheme the guys open. We talked about it. That's the motion. That's what we saw. Rhythm throws. As far as easy throws, I know some people will look at that and say, well, you've got a coach around your quarterback. I I disagree. Every coordinator has a job and that coordinator's Mm -hmm. job is to set up his quarterback to succeed. Every quarterback, including Patrick Mahomes, has a number of quote-unquote easy throws that are scripted within the game. Andy Reid will do that constantly. If you see some of these, Travis Kelsey. I think he throws behind the line of scrimmage more than any other quarterback in the league. Yeah, and nobody will talk about it um, because because that's not on SportsCenter. What's on SportsCenter is when he extends the play and makes a ridiculous throw, and obviously the guy is just elite and crazy good. But every quarterback has scripted, easy throws. It's to kind of decompress, get you in a rhythm, even even Patrick Mahomes. All right, with that said, Greg, I want you to dive in deep with uh, Max' performance. I know you've kind of hit around the edges here. I'm going to tell you that I, I read I read your piece on Mac. I thought you were a pretty tough grader on Mac this week. I, I'll, mm-hmm. I'll be honest. I thought it was a pretty tough grade you, you gave him. Um, but tell the people what you saw beginning to end. Okay, so, um, you know, and and just to back you up on, you know, there were some there were, again, some route issues, you know, in this game, including and, you know, you could see Mac react. I mean, it's a little Tom Brady ish, Dan Marino ish um, second play of the game. uh, I, I, I don't know if Kendrick Bourne went in motion, but he's in the right slot and Mac just takes the ball. And it's a real quick sort of it's supposed to be like a little, you know, bubble a little quick screen to Kendrick Bourne. And guess what happens? Kendrick Bourne doesn't step back. He goes out and Mac, you know, basically like, I mean, he had to scramble for five yards on the play and Mac's mad at Kendrick Bourne. And, you know, that's the second play of the game. How many times you, re- how many times do you think they, they rep that play? And, you know, that stuff, um, you know, goes on. Ezekiel Elliott had a, had a route where he was pass blocking when he's supposed to be out in a route and Mac gets mad at him. And there were other route issues on that um you know but look i think you know like i said i think that the first three quarters it was a lot of what the patriots were doing offensively was a lot of empty calories you know other than you know guys like demario douglas you know breaking tackles or you know Ramondre stevenson had a 14 yarder where he broke a tackle um you know I had so Mac Jones, I had him for he was tied for the most quarterback pressure allowed in this game as the quarterback. I had him for giving up two hurries in the first quarter. The third and 11 sack in the third quarter was awful. He had protection. He's he admitted after the game he was looking at the rush too much. And look, I understand it. So many people just think like, oh, well, Bill O'Brien comes in and the offense should be better overnight. Um well, they they changed the offensive line. They got guys back. Just you know, it, it, with a flip of the switch, Mac Jones should feel comfortable and not be rushed. That's just not how football works. Like you just it it's there's not instant gratification with anything in football. It takes time. And when a quarterback is sped up as much as Mac Jones was over the first five six weeks of the season, 
there are residual effects. There is, you know, a sort of PTSD and, you know, that has been going on. And so, you know, when Mac Jones goes back to pass, he doesn't, sometimes he doesn't realize that it's Michael Winnewet right tackle in this game. He's thinking it's Vidarian low and he's about to get creamed because that's been going on for a month. And it, you know, it, it takes time. And I think in the fourth quarter, he finally, because of the way Bill O'Brien made it easy for him for three quarters, um, you know, Mac finally settled down and was able to hang in the pocket and what was much more calm, you know, and delivered strikes. I mean, in the fourth quarter, um, you know, let's just go through the last two drives. Um, first down there, first down, the Pharaoh Brown pass was unbelievable. I mean, it was perfect placement. Great catch by Pharaoh Brown. We talked about last week. I wanted more Pharaoh Brown. I'm fine with him and Hunter Henry being the two tight ends. Just move Kasicki to wide receiver to be a big post-up guy, um, you know, like he was at the end. You know, but however, you know, Matt gets a delay game penalty, you know, in the red zone. That can't happen. That's happened for two straight weeks. But on the next play, he makes up for it with a tremendous throw to Demario Douglas, you know, over the middle for 19 yards. Um, and then to finish the drive, you know, Mac Jones on second and goal, he 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 looks to his left. He changes the wide receivers twice. Okay, and this is why you know he's the MacBook Pro, Max Brain. This is why he's a good fit for what the Patriots do for this exact situation where he's changing things around, and then he delivers a ball a slight, a little bit late to Kendrick Bourne, but he hangs in there and takes a hit and delivers a touchdown. Perfect pass on the outside to Kendrick Bourne. He turns the corner for a touchdown. So that's you know really good stuff. Uh, the last drive when they needed it. Um, let, let's also point out on the drive before. Um, so he, Mac did have the sack uh, that was negated by a really cheap illegal contact penalty on Teron Johnson, where if that stands, Mac's getting ripped, rightfully so, for like sort of spinning around and getting hit. It was an out of control play. It was a dumb play. It's It, it was the stuff we've seen out of him. Um, there was. Uh, the near interception on the next drive, first and 15, incomplete to Hunter Henry. Um, the ball gets tipped to the line and almost gets picked off. Would have been an awful turnover uh, deep in their own territory. He had um, he had Kendrick Bourne wide open with cushion on the right. He just should have thrown that pass. But the final drive, um, you know, for you know, we talk about the easy stuff. First play to Ramondre Stevenson, it's 34 yards. That's all Ramondre Stevenson and Bill O'Brien. Mac Jones has nothing to do with that. Um, however, um, third and eight dime throw to Hunter Henry, who makes a great catch. He only had, he had two tremendous catches in this game or it was, you know, Mac doesn't have Josh Allen heat on the ball. So it takes a while to get there and he's got to take a hit. He did a great job twice of doing that. Um, the, the little touch pass to check down to Ramondre Stevenson for 10 yards on second and two at the Buffalo 17 was a really nice throw for Mac Jones. Um, you know, first and goal at the one, you know, Mac misses Demario Douglas. That could have been the game. He missed the throw. He knew it. He missed the throw. And then he makes the same throw. They take out Demario Douglas, who's five foot eight. They bring in six foot six, Mike Gusecki to run the same route, the same play. And Mac throws the same ball, and Mac uh, Gasecki catches it for the touchdown. So, you know, the fourth quarter was tremendous. 
you know, up until then, I don't think Mac did really all that much uh, to to put this team in winning position. They got the turnover. They needed a short field to get a touchdown. Um, you know, and Bill O'Brien did a lot of good job. But the fourth quarter was awesome. It was. He was great in the fourth quarter. To me, the game's a four-quarter game. And I don't grade on a curve. I don't give extra points to uh, the, for fourth quarters or game-winning drives um, because the first drive, as we've seen in other games where they've lost, drives and, and decisions in the first quarter can determine games as much as the fourth quarter. And so, you know, Mac was really good. He was really, really good in the fourth quarter. You know, I give him, you know, somewhere around B minus uh, for this game, but awesome fourth quarter and very important for him going forward. I was at a B plus. Uh, I thought he was good. I, I thought he was good early on. I thought he was great late. I, I don't know. You know, everybody grades things differently. I see plays like the born screen play and I give Matt credit for that. I, I, I say that's a good play. I think that's a heady play. It's a smart decision because the play is blown up because born runs the wrong route and he tucks it, runs it, picks up four yards. That's oh, me. Nick, what's also interesting, because I was trying to figure out, because I'm looking at my sheet, and I'm like, why did I give him an awareness plus? That was the play. I gave him a plus for that play, that he yeah. just he he just tucked it and ran. So I, I did give him a plus on that play. Uh, the pop sit play, that to me is a plus play. The the born the born chunk the, the born chunk play, where born got, you know, whatever, whatever it was, 25, 30 yards on the cross route. To me, that's a plus play on Mac because Mac looks at the options. He moves up in the pocket, good pocket manipulation, feeds Bourne on the run. Bourne takes it and picks up 30 yards. So I, I think there were plays there that he made. Um, and obviously there were mistakes. I agree with you. you. You named, you know, many of the mistakes. I would disagree on the illegal contact penalty. Have to call it, have to have it, especially the way that game was called. That's a penalty 10 times out of 10. And I'm not going to say the Patriots were bailed out. Um, you know, Mac is looking at Douglas. He's on the outside, outside of the numbers. And Mac has to tuck that football because he's held at the top of the route. That's a penalty 10 times out of 10. If the Patriots defender commits that penalty, I think we're saying the Patriots defender is responsible for that. And we're not, we're not playing semantics games. So I thought that was a penalty across the board, no doubt about it. And, you know, the pop touchdown, I, I wanted your thoughts on that before we move on. The, the popped missed touchdown in the fourth quarter. My read on that was because Pop is 5'8", as you mentioned, there was there was a player underneath um, for the Bills, 25, was underneath mm -hmm. the route. How I read that was Mac, because Charles Davis said Mac should have zipped that in. I thought Mac saw the defensive back underneath and thought, if I try to zip that in, it could be a deflected pass, it could be a pick. I'm not screwing around with this. So he lofted it. And because he lofted it, Douglas couldn't get to it. And then they had the Gasicki change. Did you see that? Like I saw that there, that there was the defender underneath and Mac played it safe and said, I'm not going to try to zip it in because that's a really tight window in this situation. So that is definitely, you know, part of the calculation for the quarterback um, on that play. Um, you know, it's probably one of the coaching points that, you know, this is what we're going to do, but you got to look out for the linebacker. I mean, how many times have we seen quarterbacks like, you know, throw a pick there where you're just like, they didn't see the linebacker, um, you know, however, on that play. And, and I agree, like he couldn't, he, I don't like the, Basically, the coaching point on that is to throw it high. Basically, in the end zone, you throw it high to the end line and you throw it um, low at the goal line And when you're when you're in that area. And, um, you know, 
I don't think he could have zipped it in there, um, you know, because you're worried about balls getting deflected. Um, you know, maybe the other linebacker is reading the quarterback and comes out of nowhere and picks off the ball. You know, it's it's got to be a high-pointed ball, but the play was there. Max got to make he's got to make a better touch pass than that. Okay. Um, he just he just completely missed it, and you could tell his reaction. And I remember watching him because that was in the end zone where I was sitting, and he knew it. He almost went down to the ground like, "Oh my god, I can't believe I missed that throw." And like, I'm not gonna you know kill him for it, uh, but you do. the The worry is is like you get that opportunity. Are you gonna get another opportunity because? You know, they, I think they were down. Did they have no timeouts at that point? They had no timeouts. Like, yeah. you know, you're worried no about. Yeah. At, uh, you know, Ramondre Stevenson could fumble, you know, which he and Damian Harris have done at the end of games. You could get a holding penalty. You could get a sack. Like a lot of bad things could happen there. So you don't want to just say, oh, well, they got the touchdown on the next one. Um, but I I think on film, Mac just missed the throw, um, even though it's somewhat understandable. All right, let's move on to the uh, defense quickly. I mean, one minute from you on this because we got we got the defense, we got three up, three down, and Belichick's contract. Emotions from Mac on Sunday. Is Greg Bedard okay with that or not okay with it? I've always been okay with it. Like you know, I like you know, I'm just I'm just curious where it comes from, especially off a quarterback who's one in five and not playing well for several weeks you know, all of a sudden is out there on the second play of the game and multiple plays like ranting and raving at people about how they're not doing their job. I, I really wonder where that comes from. If it was Bill O'Brien, I think Mac Jones says something about Hunter Henry after the game. But me, look, I'm a Dan Marino fan. I don't care. People say stuff about him. I don't care. Like he, he was trying to hold his uh, receivers to a higher standard, his teammates to a higher standard. You know, it's not his fault his roster stunk and they never had a defense or a running game when he was there. Like, you know, they got the results out of it this weekend. And, you know, maybe it just got to a point where their execution was so bad that, you know, they were just like, Mac, just just go and yell at people. I don't know. But it, <laughs> but it worked. In his, and it was it was very visible on film from the get go yeah. that he was hot at people. I, I'm in the camp of like, go out being you. If Mac's going to go out in a, in, a, in a blaze of glory, go out being you. Just be yourself, you know, good or bad, just just be yourself. And guys will understand that that's you. If, if you're coming across as fraudulent, it's not good. I also thought there were moments, you know, positive reinforcement. There was, a, I don't know if it was a three and out, but the O-line, uh, they didn't do great. On, on one of the drives and Mac was on the sidelines and I don't remember seeing this. And he talked about communicating better a couple of weeks ago. He was on the sidelines waiting for his offensive line to get there. And he made it a point to greet each guy, slap him on the ass, say something. So I thought that was a positive step. I liked him pumping up the crowd on the first drive, you know, the Kendrick Bourne mess up after he gets up, he's throwing his arms up the crowd saying, let's go. Let's he's all, he, I, I like that. And if you're going to sit there and you're going to criticize him about the Dallas smirk for a half a second, which Greg said, and I thought it was a great point going back to that game. We don't know what Mac said. Mac could have looked at mm -hmm. Bailey and said, don't shit the bed like I did. We, we yeah. have no idea what he said. Um, but if we're going to take a snapshot of a half a second from a blowout and, 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 and run with it for the entire week and say, Mac doesn't care. He doesn't care about winning it. The, like, I'm just so tired of the lazy commentary. Like, let's be fair. And so I'd rather see him pumped up and slapping asses and high fives and yelling at receivers.
because if you're going to kill him for not being fully engaged, well, that's fully engaged. You can't have it both ways. All right, let's uh, let's jump to the defense. They changed things up, Greg, against the Bills, finally. Yeah, um, unbelievable. I mean, they blitzed, you know, Josh Allen. And we talked about this coming into the game, that, you know, when you looked at what the Giants did against um, Josh Allen and the Bills the week before, um, you know, they didn't bring – they brought a lot of at least token pressure. But they got the, – the big thing is, like, you need to get Josh Allen, like, sped up, that um, – you know, you can't just like in recent games against the Bills, they just they sit back, they drop a bunch of guys into coverage and Josh Allen just sits back there and, you know, buys time. And then, you know, somebody gets open and you're just looking at it and you're just like, what the hell are you doing? Like play, <laughs> play defense against this guy. Like you can't let him sit back there all day because he's he's got a howitzer and he's going to pick you apart. And that that happened time and time again against the Patriots. So this time. I, they blitzed them 50% of the time. We've talked about how much they blitzed and how that sort of stressed the secondary, especially the safeties. And that went on in this game, but the bills just did not. You know, I really questioned if Ken Dorsey knows what he's doing um, because they just did not take advantage of, okay, the Patriots are going to blitz, you know, s- take advantage of their safeties, which obviously are not good in coverage. And that, that happened in this game. I mean, for, for example, the one time they did it, um, there, there was a deep incompletion to Stefan Diggs beyond anybody on the Patriots. I mean, this should have been an 80 yard touchdown, but because yeah. of the wind, and I do think the wind helped. I think the wind was almost like a 12th defender, like a f- deep free safety for the Patriots in this game. But that was, that was a, a a total play that we've seen the Patriots and in, in Kyle Duggar blow, and he blew it again. And there was a touchdown. They're just lucky the wind was blowing really strong, and the and the ball moved about five yards at the end. Um, you know, but the, I, I thought it was I thought it was great. This is the way you need to defend Josh Allen. I thought the rush was great between like you know blitzing, but also a controlled blitz, and also often what they would do was when they brought extra people, at least one of them was just sort of token pressure. I come up and then I sit back as a spy. And I thought they did a great job most of the time of, you know, collapsing the pocket, not giving Allen many places to move. You know, that being said, you know, Josh Allen is a freaking freak, man. I mean, how many times (laughs) did the Patriots have him? How many times did they have him dead to rights? in the pocket oh, God. and you know, he would sidestep somebody, whether it's Barmore or Duggar or my, I, the, the one that cracked me up the most was they sent miles Bryant on a corner blitz against Josh Allen. And he doesn't make the sack. I mean, of course he doesn't. It's like, it's like a fly trying to tackle a Sequoia. Like he just like <laughs> bounced off Josh Allen's legs and then he goes outside. You know, I, I just thought that, you know, I thought the plan was awesome. I love how they attacked. They they actually played defense in this game. Hopefully this is a sign of things to come. Maybe part of it was because they're getting a little bit healthier in the secondary with, you know, J.C. Jackson and, and you know, Jack Jones was back in this game. I, I do think part of it is the Bills are just lost on offense right now. They don't just don't know what to do. It's not schemed well. Um, but I definitely like Mac Jones in the fourth quarter. I thought the Patriots did great executing their plan, and I loved how it was aggressive for once. And they tried, they tried to win the game, which they did in the fourth quarter, first quarter. Um, you know, it was a, it was a bad interception that Josh Allen threw. You know, it, it wasn't a complicated scheme. 
You know, it wasn't like the Patriots showed man and then all of a sudden morphed into cover three. No, they tipped their hand. They were going to be cover three before the snap. And Josh Allen underthrew the route where on that sort of pass, you need to overthrow the route to the sideline. And he just made a mindless interception. But, you know, getting a turnover like that, getting a 10-point lead, that was probably the whole key to the game. And so that's the defense going out and making, trying to make plays, trying to win the game for once. And I thought it was awesome. Three up, three down. Let's start with the... The down. So we end up on a positive. Let's start with the three down. Go ahead, Greg. Uh, so um, City So. Um, I know there is some school of thought from pro football focus that City So was some unbelievable guard in this game. Um, I just did not think that was the case. I had him for three quarterback pressures, three and a half stuffed runs. Um, he was by far the worst offensive lineman in this game. Not to say he was bad, and he's certainly serviceable. What they did with the offensive line, putting their best five on the field, was definitely a good approach, and they might as well stick with this. I mean, they they didn't have any more options at right tackle. I mean, Vidarian Lowe was a disaster. Riley Reef is hurt. Uh, Calvin Anderson is so bad, he's inactive every week, a healthy scratch. Um Tyrone Wheatley Jr. is hurt and probably wasn't really an option. So it was either put City So out there or Michael Wenu. I don't think it was a hard choice. Um, you know, but to me, City So was the uh he had a rough time in this game and it wasn't horrible, but it wasn't great. I'll go with uh Miles Bryant. He had some tackling issues. You mentioned the Josh Allen thing, but he also missed a couple of tackles in this game that I that I thought yep. allowed. Uh, some yak he could have been better there so I'll go with Miles Bryant who's next uh, Kyle Duggar I did not think he was good in this game he did have a he drew a holding penalty which was his one plus but I had him for you know two missed tackles a couple big plays he gave up the two-point conversion again same sort of play in the back of the end zone where he's, his eyes aren't in the right place and he gets easily beaten um, you know he almost he, he he almost uh you know had another play that he gave oh the the digs play that we talked about like he got torched on that it should have been an 80 yard touchdown for the bills he just got lucky it was windy um he wasn't great on that you know i still i must have watched that that allen to steph digs throw with 14 seconds left like 15 times trying to figure out like how he dropped the ball because it was right there. Adrian Phillips oh was there. God. They were all there. I mean, I you watch it, you watch the throw, and you watch Diggs, you're like, oh, my God, that's going to be completed. And I guess he hit the ground sort of in, in a funny way, but it was right there. So, you know, Kyle Duggar, um, he they they need to get him out of space. They need to get him near this line of scrimmage. This is not yep. working. Somebody yep. Somebody's going to really kill this team. Yep, I, I agree. He's, he's – I, look, you got to play better, but uh, – I, I blame the coaching staff as well. Like he's miscast. Put him where he belongs. He should have had that pick in the end zone too. The, the thing was up there for forty five seconds. I have no oh, idea yeah. how it doesn't bring that down. <laughs> mm-hmm. I'm, I'm like, I'm like, game over. That's a like, this is awesome. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's just hanging up there for. Um, Tyquan Thornton, three snaps. Enough said. Uh, your last down guy. Same Tyquan Thornton. He had three snaps. Ran a bad route on one of them. That might have got him <laughs> sent to the bench. So, uh, yeah, you could also toss Devonte Parker in there too if you wanted. Yeah, to. I'll throw Parker in there. That's whatever. Um, let's get to uh, let's get to three up. Uh, so uh, 
Who did I? Oh, Demario Douglas. He was unbelievable in this game. I had him for six ups. The one, you know, route that he ran poorly could have cost the team dearly. But, you know, he was super impactful in this game. Um, you know, so so that's tremendous. Uh, fourth quarter, Mac was my second up. And um, my third up, I'm just going to go in general to the defensive line, defensive front. I thought very minimal mental mistakes in this game. They did a great job with pressure and rush and being disciplined. To me, that was the whole key in this game and holding Josh Allen down was how they rushed um, in the front seven. And that included some of the safeties and stuff like that. But just, you know, the pass rush, the defensive line in general. Godshaw and Barmore Woof. on a heater. Um, yeah. I, I love Jabril Peppers. I, he might be my favorite player on this team. I, I, I love his attitude. I love his approach. I love his physicality. I, I, just, I love everything about this guy. He is the perfect example of a Bill Belichick player. We used to talk about this going back more years ago, you know, and not as much recently, but first round kind of talent. And he's just Bill's gotten the motion, get out of peppers. And I just think this guy is such a force. He just, he makes plays. He's going to make mistakes, but he, he makes plays. We have, he had like nine tackles. He had the interception. He, dude's a beast. I, I'm a big fan of Jabril, uh, Jabril peppers. You can't say his name right now, but I'm a huge fan of peppers. All right. Before we get to bill Belichick's contract, uh, check these guys out over at BSJ. They do a great job. Badar Giardi on the Patriots. Hags on the Bruins, Corrales getting ready for his Celtics coverage. So that's going to be awesome. So check them out. Also, I'll tell you that this episode, as always, is brought to you by FanDuel, the exclusive wagering partner of the CLNS Media Network. All right, Greg, what the hell is going on with Bill Belichick's contract? Um, You know, I don't really know. And, you know, I think this is a um, pretty overblown story. I mean, just because we're never going to know any specifics. We're never going to know the details. And just because there's these fuzzy, multi-year, lucrative, blah, 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 like it doesn't mean there's any more information in that. It's just words. Like, you know, the the bottom line to me, to, to me is this, Nick. The only thing that matters, the only thing that's relevant, I don't care about the term, I don't care about whatever, is it, is ownership, if things get really bad, is ownership willing to move on from Bill Belichick no matter what is left on his contract? I've been told yes. There will be people who don't believe that, who think the crafts are cheap and they won't do this. And They might be right. But all I can tell you is what I'm reporting and that the crafts will move on if it comes to it. And we'll see what happens at the end of the season, whether it happens. But, you know, I, I don't think there's... I think this is completely overblown. I think this is a talk radio story because it's different than the football team, which has mostly been bad, and they're just globbing onto it. And and you know, look, well, like I like I said last week, going into the Bills game, you know, and I can't tell you how many emails and tweets I got from people saying like, "How come you're not coming down stronger on the team?" You know, they're obviously dead, and you know, one paper's writing the time of death of the Patriots off of the last game, and and. I just refuse to do that because I've seen too many things covering the league for over 20 years and how things can change and how one game can change. I don't know whether it's going to be that's going to happen now. So my stance, and I know it's not sexy, and I know we have a podcast to do today or we have a talk radio <laughs> show to do today. But the truth of the matter is there are going to be no decisions made on Bill Belichick until the season is over. 
We need to see all of it. We need to see Mac Jones. We need to see the offense. We need to see the season. If they close with seven straight wins, that's going to change the calculation. So, you know, I it doesn't surprise me. My read on it is Bill was probably going into a lame duck year. That never happens with a coach. You always get extended going into a lame duck year. Um, you know, but the crafts, if needed, they will walk away or they probably have language built into it about buyout and deferred payments and like all this stuff, you know, but the, the most interesting thing that I found from this, um, that Bill got an extension or new contract or whatever it is off of his second losing season in three years. And I have no problem with it because I think Bill Belichick has earned that. Like he has earned with what he's done for the, the crafts, the franchise, the area with the six Super Bowl titles and the unparalleled success. If, if, if I give him an extra $50 million, okay, fine. I've, you know, I've made that back. How many folds if I'm the crafts with my, with my franchise valuation. And, but the thing is, so I have no problem with that. What's ironic is that that's the respect contract that Tom Brady wanted after winning a Super Bowl title in 2018 that he never got from Bill Belichick. So, so, so Bill gets the respect contract, which he should. Tom doesn't. I think that's that's a bunch of bull crap. Um, if I was Robert, I'd be like, well, we're just going to give you the Brady deal that you would give him and, and why you basically drove him out of town. So those are sort of my wide-ranging thoughts on it. What? Went deep into this. We're short on time because Greg has to run to Felger and Maz and go through that pain for a couple of hours. Um, but I, I will say uh, you can check out my pod on the YouTube channel there, uh, Nick Cattles. You can check that out for for my in-depth breakdown about everything if you're interested. But I, I, I tend to agree with a lot of what you said, Greg. I read this situation as, all right, you got one year left on your deal, Bill, in 2023. What are we going to do about this? Well, let's tack on an extra year for 2024, and I would not be surprised if there's some kind of option for 2025. And that's where the whole several years, multi-years, all that all that crap comes in. I don't think Belichick or Kraft wanted Belichick to be a lame duck coach this year. It makes no sense to, to do that. And, uh, you know, he wants to break Shula's record. So I think I think Kraft gives him a chance to do that by extending him through 24, gives him an option 25 just in case this works out. And then they can revisit it later on. I think that's what likely happened. And uh, I'd be flabbergasted if Kraft doesn't have protections within this contract. There has to be outs. What's the guaranteed money? All of those things. Yep. Um, earned it. The earned it thing that you mentioned for what Belichick has done. I think you earn it to a point. I do think 25 and 26, the previous three years. The Patricia Joe Judge decision, how Bill handled the, the quarterback position since Brady left, Jared Stidham, anybody remember that? Cam Newton off the scrap heap. So I, I think if this if this was what I think it was through 24 and then the option, I'm okay with it. If this was Kraft giving Belichick like through 2025, or I think that's malpractice. I think that's bananas. I, I don't think you can go beyond 24 with some outs built in. I think that's bad by the owner. And I'll just say this to wrap it up. I I tend to believe the people that work, and I'm not saying that Ian Rappaport was wrong or Schefter. I'm not saying that. The details, the language, all of that. I, I tend to lean towards the guys and the women that have sources for a number of years built up and have been around. And I, I know Rappos for a little while, but Jeff Howe's report, 
uh, going back a couple weeks ago, which was months after this negotiation, told us that Kraft was willing to pull the trigger on Bill. Greg's told us that Kraft's willing to pull the trigger. Tom Curran has said it. Mike Reese said it today on, on Bertrand and Zoe, or Zolak and Bertrand. So Mike oh, Reese has also said that. Mm-hmm. Uh, Karen Garigian, who I, I love her work. She is an OG. She knows a ton of people. Her, her and Tom Curran have been working on the beat for like a combined 60 years. And they both say, Belichick's not safe. That's the message. That's what matters the most. He's Greg. Yep. I'm Nick. We'll talk to you later in the week to get you ready for the Dolphins. Until then, be well. The CLNS Media Network is powered by FanDuel. Sign up at FanDuel.com slash Boston and get in on the action with $200 in bonus bets guaranteed when you place a $5 bet. That's $200 in bonus bets, win or lose.